from the makers of Futuramapedia. Welcome to Futuramapedia. I'm Steve Gower. And I'm Mike Mercerell. And on today's show, we're covering a season two episode, Ahead in the Polls. That's right. And it's a political one, so... Well-timed. That's right. <laughs> Why is that well-timed? Well, there's uh, there's only a, a U.S. presidential election going on. Also, we both saw this episode on Teletoon a few nights ago. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is we, we decided to do a season two episode... And we narrowed it down between a head in the polls and something else. There are a few others. And and like literally two minutes later, a head in the polls came on Futurama. Yep. So we said, all right, that's the good one. That's, that's fate. Well, and also during the discussion, we'll talk a little about some Nixon history. Uh, there's there's quite a bit to reference in the episode. That's right, and we're gonna have the best uh, yo mama jokes. Yo mama so fat jokes. And yes, that actually does tie into the episode. Yeah, it, surprisingly enough. And also, uh, we'll talk about some future political parties. All that and more. Coming up on Futuramapedia, and this is episode 10. Did you mention that yet? No, I did not. Happy 10th birthday. Episode birthday. <laughs> we made it to 10. <laughs> Ten and out. Uh, well, By the way, I, I felt bad because I was desperately unprepared <laughs> last week, so I wrote six pages of notes. So uh, I think we're we're between the two of us just prepared enough. Yeah, we'll have about seven minutes of usable content. <laughs> well, why don't we get to some future M news to start things off? Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. All right, what do you have for us? Uh, well. First of all, uh, from Twitter, following Futurama staff writer Eric Rogers, uh, he has confirmed that not only are there 13 episodes confirmed for the summer of 2013, uh, we're waiting till January to find out for any more, but uh, he's also written a couple of Futurama comics. Uh, not the one that's currently out on newsstands, number 63, Robots Go Wild. It's been available since October 3rd. But uh, he mentions that a couple of upcoming stories include a Fry and Mom story and a Zap Leela dupe tale. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. What would Fry and Mom story? I, I, that sounds like a romance story. Well, we already know she's gone after Professor Farnsworth, so maybe. He's got to follow the line yeah. backwards. <laughs> uh, that's creepy. Yikes. <laughs> and dupe. Zap and the dupe. Zap, Leela, and Dupe. So, you know, that could pretty much describe any feature M episode. Pretty much. <laughs> I do enjoy the Zap Brannigan episodes. He's one of my favorite. We haven't watched a Zap episode yet. We'll have to correct that. All right. Next next episode, All right. Zap. Uh, also in Futurama news, well, it's not quite recent news. I read an article that was recent, but this dates back about four years. There's a, a pretty cool Lego version of New New York and we'll put pictures up on oh, yeah. our website. Uh, but it's by Lego builder Matt Delanoy, and he goes by the uh, pseudonym of 
Peppa Quinn. Peppa Quinn. And he's constructed uh, many of these Earthakin landmarks, and it's complete with minifig, delivery boy, robots, uh, aliens, and just to witness the horrors of the 31st century. That's what he wrote about his... Oh, yeah. It's it's very detailed. Uh, we saw the pictures before recording. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, first featured in... Uh, in his Planet Express diorama back in 2008, uh, but the Lego project has grown since then. So he says, uh, this layout is the culmination of a work in progress of, for over two years. I started with the Planet Express and major characters back in February of 2008. In December 2009, I expanded the building to include the subpen and built up a portion of the surrounding area. In late April through June 2010, I worked overtime to build an 80 by 60 inch layout and ready in time for Brickworld 2010 on June 17th. And this layout is a part of the much larger Northern Illinois Lego Train Club. And it may be seen at various shows in the Chicago area. So that's the more recent thing is it's in uh, these okay. Lego train shows. Yeah, and you realize, though, we saw some of the pictures. He's got to take the thing apart every time to transport it and yeah. put it back together. Piece by piece. Yeah, so he probably has blueprints and brick, everything. Brick by brick. <laughs> the funny thing is there aren't really trains in Futurama. Uh, no, probably not the traditional type. So you can you can <laughs> see tracks just on the on his diorama and it kind of seems out of place but it's perfect it's really cool it though. means he can bring it to these shows yeah and he said he worked overtime to complete something well I, i'm guessing he didn't get paid for that overtime i hope Unpaid he gets paid volunteer that's right that's what overtime is isn't it so you can check out uh pictures of this diorama futurama diorama <laughs> rama at flickr.com and look by look up his pseudonym Peppa Quinn, and we will have pictures posted on yep. our website, which is uh, futuramapedia.blogspot.com. And we have some more news. Yeah, uh, one other thing. It was kind of an odd thing. It's it's actually a real life news story. Uh, read it a couple of weeks ago, but um, this this entrepreneur Elon Musk has been trying to build Futurama style tube system, or well, I don't know if he's actually trying to build it yet, but he wants to. And I think I, the article basically made mention of uh, people moving through these tubes at 900 miles per hour. And some people think that's ridiculous, but it works in Futurama, so I don't see yeah. why I couldn't. Yeah, I, I probably reverse engineered it from Futurama. But uh, I, I think that it's a pretty cool idea. You know, lots of our technology comes from reverse engineering like Star Trek gadgets, right? So why not Futurama? They've got some pretty cool stuff in there. Yeah. 900 miles an hour, though, it seems like it would rip the skin off your body and then it would, you know, catch uh, up to you later. Well, I'm sure that there's some sort of uh, futuristic ne technology that prevents that from happening. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing on the benefit of Mr. Musk's doubt here. <laughs> <laughs> he well, knows look, what he's doing. We look forward to it. Also, in not really news, but related news, it's just exciting that uh, the uh, the new volume is coming out in time for Christmas December 18th right. I believe the day is yeah I think we yeah December yeah, we 18th. touched upon that that's volume seven yep I'm just really excited about that and I'm sure all you fans out there are excited as well yeah maybe when it comes out I'll finally buy volume five <laughs> 
you better <laughs> yeah <it's, you're laughs> or i'll just borrow your copy of nah, volume six you're not allowed to five borrow any more of my copies <laughs> hey if you're gonna be a true futurama podcaster you better own all the dvds well i own the ones that we're watching the most from <laughs> cheapskate beatskate <laughs> well that's i think that's it for the news for this week this episode all right, so shall we move along to our focus episode? Yeah, so we watched the season two, episode three, episode... Episode three. <laughs> episode <laughs> start over. We watched the season two, episode number three, Ahead in the Poles. Pun intended. <laughs> That's a head. Let's make it clear. And as we always do, the 20th Century Fox synopsis is when the price of titanium skyrockets, Bender hawks his titanium-rich body and lives the good life until Richard Nixon's head uses Bender's discarded torso to stage a political comeback. Well, lost in that summary, I have to say, is uh, Fry also sells his clothes and enjoys the good life. (laughs) (laughs) Gets 50 bucks for it. Anyway, we're, we're ahead of ourselves. Ahead. We are ahead. <laughs> One word. Um, is this the first appearance of Nixon? Um, I think that he had a cameo in the first season somewhere. When they visited the Head Museum yeah. for the first time? This is his first uh, of many future regular appearances. So. Mm-hmm. And I, Billy West does a great uh, impersonation of his voice. Yeah, I, n- I didn't realize that that uh, it was Billy West doing that until I listened to the commentary. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's how you know he does a good job. Yeah. This is the origin of the riddled with phlebitis quote. Riddled with phlebitis. Wow, that peaked. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I remember my body, flabby, pasty-skinned, riddled with phlebitis, a good Republican body. God, I loved it. <laughs> Do you know what phlebitis is? Uh, I looked it up, but I just looked it up for the spelling i didn't actually look it up it's actually thrombophlebitis and it's when your veins enlarge due to blood clots so it's when you get that really blue veiny look gotcha (laughs) (laughs) there is an election for earth's president and uh they visit a voter registration oh right because uh actually leela forces them to register to vote that's right. They're uh, watching the Scary Door. The first appearance of the Scary Door, actually. Which is a parody of the Twilight Zone, of course. Yep. One of the funny jokes is uh, when uh, Leela says, Quick, there's an abate ter- on, on TV. Change the channel. <laughs> and Bender says, Wow, that's funny. That's what uh, Fry said yeah. when the b- debate came on. So that sets up the, uh, the whole political... Uh, theme of this episode yeah and before we go too much further the the uh the participating members of the debate uh were clones of jack johnson and john jackson bitter rival john jackson and they're clones uh voiced very well by john dimaggio does Uh, he do both the voices (laughs) yes he does do they sound exactly alike um actually i think that there's a slight difference between them i think there's a a uh, school of thought, uh, a debate regarding clones and <laughs> how similar they are. Yeah, so there's a debate, and uh, one of my f- favorite jokes from that part is the uh, three-cent titanium tax, where 
where uh, John Jackson, I'm not, I mix them up, but one of them says, uh, your three cent titanium tax goes too far. Well, your three cent titanium tax doesn't go too far enough. <laughs> I say your three cent titanium tax goes too far. And I say your three cent titanium tax doesn't go too far enough. If I were registered to vote, I'd send these clowns a message by staying home on election day and dressing up like a clown. Which means exactly the same thing. The same thing. Yeah, th- they pretty much talked in circles throughout the the whole debate, and it was kind of it was quite amusing. <laughs> uh, so from there, uh, I believe that they go to register to vote, uh, and we see a whole bunch of various parties. Yeah, and uh, something interesting just before that, Bender is talking. Uh, well, they're rem- reminiscing about different. Uh, presidents they had in earth and one of them is the uh, robot john quincy adding machine ah right and uh which is a reference to john quincy adams the sixth president of the united states not earth and uh i kind of i'm not really into politics too much so this episode really made me kind of research it and uh so john quincy adams was uh known for paying off a large uh, amount of the American national debt at the time, and uh, he wanted to modernize the economy and uh, promote education. The more uh, you know. How noble. All right, so on to voter registration. Right. As you led. Um, so the two main parties, of course, uh, that, the, that the clones, uh, John Jackson and Jack Johnson, whatever their names are, not the singer-songwriter, uh, <laughs> the, the, the Tasty Kratz, that's Jack Johnson. Right. Okay. I wrote it down. <laughs> I froze and, frame. And bitter rivals. Uh, John Jackson. <laughs> what party is he a member of? Part of the Finger Lickens. Uh, there are actually many more uh, political parties. Oh, uh, do tell? Yeah. So I, I meticulously freeze framed through the episode to write all these down. Froze frame? Froze frame. Oh, you, you just looked it up it. online, didn't you? No, actually, I did freeze frame because I was—I didn't have a computer nearby, and I, was, I had my notebook while I was watching. So, uh, we have, uh, in no particular order, the one cell, one vote, which is uh, the Amoebas, mm-hmm. uh, the Green Party, which are actually Kif's race. Yeah, they're—they're they're actually aliens. Literally, the Green Party. They're green-skinned. The Brain Slug Party, uh, which. Is very attractive for Hermes. <laughs> and he gets a brain slug uh, in another episode. That's right. And according to the producers on the commentary, there was one notion where uh, Hermes would just have a brain slug on his head every episode. <laughs> they kind of dropped that. So oh. I think this is where that stems from. Um, is that a joke towards bureaucrats? Perhaps. Uh, there's the dudes for the legalized... Sorry, no, the legalation of hemp. That was the spelling. Is it legalation? Legalation. Okay. Yeah, I I had to to check that twice. Because you froze frame, <laughs> freeze framed. Uh, the and they have sorry. a funny joke. We can come back to that after your list. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, the Bull Space Moose Party, yeah. which is uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, That's basically. Right. No Rocky present, though. No. He just, probably has his Bullwinkle. own. Probably has his own party. The National Ray Gun Association... Uh, which uh, Professor Farnsworth is a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the want to uh, reduce the waiting period on doomsday devices. Yeah. Uh, the people for the ethical treatment of humans. The 
voter apathy party. One of my favorites. Yeah, that was a good one. I was very excited about that party. <laughs> well, they don't want you then. The anti-socialists and the rainbow wigs. Rainbow wigs. 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 I don't think we can get we can ever have too many Will Wheaton jokes in our podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a uh, in in time in October for pumpkin pie and cool whip. Are you Americans in November? Yeah. Can we release this in November? No, we should release it soon. Let's re-release it. <laughs> uh, so the dudes for the legalization of hemp. What uh, what was the joke? Yeah. Did you get this reference? He said, Dave's not here, uh, man. Yeah, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I have that album on vinyl. I remember we used to listen to it, and I don't yeah. think we, we, or at least when we were kids, I don't think we understood it 100%. Yeah, we weren't stoners when we were kids, but uh, it's a great bit. It's 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 funny enough that if you don't get what's behind it, it's still funny. Yeah, look it up. Listen to it if you haven't heard it. Dave's not here, man. Cheech and Chong. So is it true you can make all kinds of shirts and ropes out of hemp? Dave's not here, man. I also heard hemp makes great shampoo. It does? No way. I gotta check out this brochure. Well, you know what? We're just talking about the political parties. Before we go on with the episode, why don't we just uh, why don't we just figure this out here? Um, what is your political party from Futurama? What Which would political you party with? would I identify with? Uh, well, I have it kind of narrowed down to two. It's either voter apathy, just because it's funny, or anti-socialization. The anti-socialist? Because it's yeah, you know, I I don't know for sure which one I... Because I definitely wouldn't be the voter apathy party because I, I like to vote. So, you know, it's I, I would be not the target for the voter apathy party. Um, but I think I like the, the national ray gun association. Who doesn't want a ray gun? I never would have thought of that. You seem like (laughs) such a peaceful person. Well, of, of the choices though, I don't know. Like I I don't really care about legalization of hemp, Mm -hmm, but it makes good, good, uh, clothing. (laughs) You should check out the the brochure. Moose. And and I, I I think I'm fine with how humans are ethically treated, so don't need to worry about that. So that leaves don't didn't you want always want like a, a ray gun from the future? No, no. I want a transporter. I want well, tubes. You know who makes tubes. transporter tubes is the mad scientists who are members of the, <laughs> the National Ray Gun Association. Really? Check your facts. <laughs> I want to see references All here. Right. So what are you doing to protect my constitutional right to bear doomsday devices? Well, let's uh, let's get back to the episode. Okay. So after that, uh, apparently a titanium mine collapses, and the price skyrockets. So Bender sells his body. Yeah. Or hawks it. Yeah, at the Rook Takes Pawn Shop. I love that joke. That was a good one. The other joke Sh- of that. It's scene. a reference to chess, yeah. people. <laughs> Look up chess if you don't know it. Um, Actually, one of the other jokes in that scene was, uh, the, you know how, like, it's it's sort of a, a joke, I guess, on, on uh, when they have to help miners and whatnot. And uh, and they said, like, what what are they doing to help the, the robot miners? They're, like, covering up the hole and moving on. Moving on. on. <laughs> well, the idea is to pave the hole over and move on with our lives. Yeah. If nothing is done, the robots will be dead in 500, 5, 000, 500 yeah. years, 5,000. <laughs> Yeah, when Bender hawks his body, it's funny when he comes out with the the wad of cash in his mouth, 
just his head and uh, a dog comes up <laughs> yeah. and, and sniffing and about to mark his territory. Yeah. And he says, I will give you five bucks to, <laughs> to not do what you're thinking about doing. And did you notice that the sound effect didn't, uh, didn't he appear in the episode? The sound effect. Of the dog peeing? Yes, and they also they don't cut away, but the peeing happens off screen. Yeah, but they because don't they, have they pan the sound away. effect though. Yeah, it's implied because you just lost five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> did you listen to the commentary? Is that is that how uh, you know? I did because I didn't notice that the sound wasn't there, but they but they originally had it in. The I episode, think so. Like the censors cut. apparently had uh, had a field day with this episode. Along with all of their other episodes, the yeah. censors are not a fan of Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're fans. They're just fans of the uh, final edited version. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure they still want to cut down what actually gets broadcast. I have all the money. Compare your lives to mine and then kill yourselves. Yeah, funny line after Bender Hawks' body. Uh, bodies are for fat people and hookers. It's actually the other <laughs> way around. Hookers and fat people. And we find out that the professor used to be a pr- prostitute, <laughs> which is he a whole another level of, of disturbing. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but when uh, Bender shows up in his little car, that whole sequence is like some really cool 3D artwork. Yes. Yes. I noticed that. That was really cool. I like that. It's a nice low angle. Yeah. That uh, you don't normally see. Then they go to the uh, head museum. Because Bender uh, is 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 sick of that company, and he wants to go where uh, uh, people like him heads that appreciate the finer things in life, yeah, such as poetry, philosophy, and hats. <laughs> yeah, so they so they walk through the head museum, and uh, there's an exhibition of uh, movie stars and then they move on to B movie stars and it kind of gets more decrepit yeah. and then there's TV movie stars where the sign is pretty much falling off the, the wall and then porn stars. So some of the funny heads in a jar uh, for movie stars, Charlie Chaplin <laughs> and Jack Nicholson. If you can't read the jar, he had a huge forehead. So he really kind of yeah. stood out. The uh, animation was good there. Uh, Elvis was under B movie stars <laughs> And uh, TV stars, there's David Duchovny, Tim Allen, Jerry Seinfeld, and Katie Seagal was on there. Well, I think the only one, because I didn't freeze frame on this one, but uh, the only one I really recognized from there, I think, was, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. Ron Jeremy. And and, uh, David Duchovny. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, yeah, because the porn stars, they have uh, Ron Jeremy. Yeah. We've talked about in a previous podcast. Yeah, you thought he looked like a president. Or a president looked like him. Yes. But which was? I forget. I forget too. But also under Perrin Stars, they had Long D. Silver or Long Dumb. <laughs> and Jill Big Breasts. <laughs> that was on there. There's a guest appearance. You know who? Uh, oh, um, what's her name? Claudia Schiffer. Claudia whatever. Schiffer. Yeah. yeah, she played herself uh, as a head. Yes. So... Then they move along to the Hall of Presidents, and they find a whole bunch of presidents that they communicate with. Yeah, um, from like a wide range of of eras. Well, uh, Bill Clinton makes uh, a a standard Monica Lewinsky joke. Um, He likes meaty women. (laughs) 
There's, there's, a, yeah, there's, there's Gerald a Bill, Ford. There's a Bill Clinton joke later on, too. Uh, at the Washington Monument. Oh, yes. And then the Bill Clinton Monument is bigger. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so there's Bill Clinton, uh, Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter. And I think it was no. Gerald Ford, actually, it turns out he's not a fan of the voting process. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> one of the jokes I enjoyed because uh, <laughs> he doesn't find a key to the process. And then Nixon <laughs> says, no kidding, Ford. <laughs> And uh, there's there's some others, but there's also the Hall of Presidential Losers, uh, yeah. which include Bob Dole and they're in a closet. Yeah, they're they're stuffed in there. Bob Dole, uh, the uh, the voices were really well done. Too. Yeah, and I mean I don't know what all the presidents sounded no, like, but but I, I think actually this sounded good. Funny thing about this episode is if most people watching it today, like that, are under the age of. 20 i would say probably have no idea who most of these people are mostly in the vice press or the presidential losers section because they don't matter nope but well they matter for jokes for people our age but that uh at the hall of presidents uh george washington makes a reference to uh well benner says he hocked his body and washington says how he hocked his money booze money yeah, then that's where the line from Nixon uh, riddled with phlebitis. Comes yeah, from. and that so bit, yeah, the presidents make Bender feel uh, bad for ditching his body. Yeah, yeah. So he decides he wants to buy it back. That's right. And uh, yeah, when he's feeling bad, he says, "My body loved me, and I turned its back on it." <laughs> <laughs> so they go back to uh, the pawn shop at that point. Yep, they go back to the pawn shop, and uh, they, Bender tries to buy his body back, but uh, it's already been sold, or someone has already bought it. Who bought it? But they can't tell him. We don't know yet. Uh, and then Fry, you find out later. of course, sells his clothes for 50 bucks. And, uh, yeah. I'll give you 50 bucks for the kid. My clothes are worth 50 bucks. Sold. <laughs> and they show him later with uh, he's naked on the yeah. couch. And while they're on the couch watching uh, watching the news, uh, which has the announcement of Richard Nixon uh, putting yes. himself in the presidency. And it's revealed that he has Bender's in body. A shiny new body, which he uses to dance for all the people and S- everyone applauses. And he gets around the, uh, the, the, the limit on presidential terms by uh, pointing out that no body can be in office twice. That's right. Uh, just dropping back to the uh, Hall of Presidents at the Head Museum, uh, Nixon says, I am not a crook's head, <laughs> which, <laughs> as we said, we are going to be talking about some Nixon oh, yeah. history intertwined through this episode. And that is, of course, a reference to his famous speech. Yeah, so, Mike, tonight you are the the local Nixologist, so please... Very nice. Uh, in, enlighten us. <laughs> I will basically... Uh, we're going to do it as the jokes arise, but that line was uh, a reference to the speech that was referred to as the uh, Checkers speech. And and uh, it was related to that whole scandal and his impeachment. And he said, I'm not a crook. And after that, he said, I've earned everything I've got. 
Apparently not. It's a little fun. You can actually see it on YouTube. Yep. Watch the speech. And I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes. But in all of my years of public life, I have never profited, never profited from public service. I've earned every cent. And in all of my years of public life, I have never obstructed justice. And I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. This episode brought to you by Rook Takes Pawn Shop. Get your robot body here. Well, listen here, Missy. Computers may be twice as fast as they were in 1973, but your average voter is as drunk and stupid as ever. The only one who's changed is me. I've become bitter, and let's face it, crazy over the years. And once I'm swept into office, I'll sell our children's organs to zoos for meat, and I'll go into people's houses at night and wreck up the place. <laughs> well, he lost my vote. So they go to the debate. They show the debate on TV. There's uh, a sign that I found funny. You know how I love signs. Yes, yeah. And it says, uh, presidential debate tonight. Presidential debate tonight. And tomorrow? And tomorrow, vice presidential yo mama so fat content contest. <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, uh, as part of, or as we mentioned as part of the show today, uh, we were going to go over some of the best yo mama so fat jokes. Should we do it now or save it for later? So let's, let's, go, let's get those, some of those jokes now. All right. Number one, yo mama so fat, I took a picture of her last Xmas, and it's still printed. <laughs> yo mama so fat, not even Dora can explore. <laughs> Swiper no swiping. Yo mama so fat, she's got more chins than a Hong Kong phone book. Yo mama so fat, she was arrested at the airport for 10 pounds of crack. <laughs> yo mama so fat, she sat on a corner, and a booger shot out of George Washington's nose. You have to think well, about that one. Yeah. But it's th- a good reference a to, uh, to today's episode. Uh, Yo mama was so fat, she wore a yellow raincoat and people yelled, taxi. <laughs> That's a classic. I heard that one many years ago. Uh, two more. Yo mama so fat, she puts on her lipstick with a paint roller. Uh, Yo mama so fat, Mount Everest tried to climb her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mount Everest tried to mount her. <laughs> Well, you know the funny thing is about the idea of a Yo Mama So Fat contest is that probably really? by the 31st century, you know, debates will will degenerate to that level of, of content. Debates are pretty much there. Yeah. It's one of the things I enjoyed at the debate was the truthoscope. Hell yeah. A lot of, a lot of another interesting gadget there. Like last last episode, mm-hmm. you know, like the the funograph. The truthoscope. Like taking a, taking candy from a baby. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there's the joke there that yeah. he certainly wouldn't harm the child, and then <laughs> I guess, <laughs> and I then it goes off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morbo was the moderator of that debate. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite char- characters. Yeah, Morbo is great, and I think that also a very funny part was that he seemed to be good friends with Richard Nixon. I don't, <laughs> don't know how that friendship uh, came about, but. Morbos definitely would vote for Nixon. Maybe he uh, bribed him. That's quite to possible. To sway the debate his way. 
Hmm, some kind of monetary scandal? <laughs> he asks uh, how Morbo's family is, and he says, belligerent and numerous. <laughs> Good that. man. I guess during the debate, Fry and Leela and Bender try to whip up a plan to get uh, get his body back for Bender. Right? That's right. Want to appeal to his uh, sense of... Uh, uh, dignity? Di- no. Human uh, nature? Human nature? I wrote it down somewhere. They try to, yeah, de- they try to appeal to a sense of decency. Yeah. And everyone and they all bursts out laughing, laugh. yeah. Of course, Fry doesn't get it. <laughs> He's innocent. But um, I think actually just before that, they, when they're sneaking into the Watergate Hotel, yes. there's a really neat gadget that they use, like a grappling hook, but it's a little robot who like, grab, finds a place to grab onto and then tugs on the rope to... Yeah. That, that is really cool. That was great. So, speaking of the Watergate Hotel, There's something though, in uh, Mission Impossible 3, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? That has, like, a cool grapple thing. I don't remember that. I just watched it I recently. just watched it. It was on TV. So, the Watergate Hotel. Right. Uh, they they take that fancy little gadget, and they break into uh, Nick and Nixon's room. His suite. His suite. And, uh, again, as you know, I love signs. On the uh, Watergate Hotel, there's a sign that says, Color mattress stains. <laughs> it's not uh, a color TV. No. <laughs> Gross. So uh, another Nixon reference is the Watergate scandal. Yeah. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's let's talk about Watergate. Watergate. Well, where do we begin? Uh, I guess basically the Watergate scandal is in roughly in June 1972. There is a break-in at the uh, Democratic National Committee headquarters at their Watergate office complex. And there's apparently a huge cover-up by Nixon, and, you know, the burglars stole some cash money from it, and uh, it was maybe used for a slush fund that was connected to a fundraising campaign, a fundraising group for the Nixon campaign. Right, so... That's the scandal. So So they break into Nixon's hotel room, and uh, what, what happens in the hotel room? Well, uh, Fry, everything's going right, of course, but something goes wrong. Uh, he discovers the thought-activated tentacles. Magic tentacles. Yeah, magic tentacles. <laughs> Which so is pretty much the evolved uh, it's a vibrating, vibrating bed. bed. Yeah, and bed so vibrator. he activates them. and uh, he Wait, I thought he does. <laughs> he's lacking the delta wave and can't really think. Well... Anyways... <laughs> Well, I don't think this counts as, as heavy thinking. <laughs> he just wants wants to activate the uh, the magic tentacles. So yeah. that happens, and uh, Nixon wakes up from his dream, which is actually yeah. pretty funny because he's saying how the women's livers <laughs> know how to party. <laughs> Betty Ferdinand, pass a little lotion my way. <laughs> did you uh, did you look up any of those names that he mentioned? I I didn't. But I was gonna look that up, and then uh, I lost interest. All right. Well. We'll we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough enough Nixon yeah, references to I think so. to fill this. So yeah, he wakes up from his dream and uh, he's basically about to to get uh, Fry, Leela, and Bender, uh, you know, kicked out. But uh, they 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 try talking to Nixon first, and and he eventually go makes his big speech at the end of this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to wreck up the place. Um, and 
that's exactly according to the plan, I guess, or maybe the improvised plan, because Bender has been taping the uh, the entire conversation the whole time, so they are able to blackmail Nixon. So they exchange the tape for the body, and uh, when they make that deal, Nixon says, ooh, expletive deleted. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, actually. Did you get so that joke? That, I assume, is from classified documents there's they put in expletive deleted or whatever something uh, like that yeah. apparently there was like 18 minutes missing from one of the audio tapes yeah but expletives are also swear, yeah, swear words profanity and apparently you find out that uh heads and jars screw on very easily to bender's torso yeah <laughs> yeah that there must be some kind of special adapter i well i guess so maybe it's a, a feature of <laughs> of the bending unit Perhaps. So they trade the body and all is good in the world and everything is back in place as it should be. <laughs> sort of. Um, <laughs> Nixon ends up winning the election. Um, the, w- well, the robot polls opened and ended in less than one minute. <laughs> and uh, they still voted for Nixon, which was confusing for Fry and Leela because he no longer had a robot body. But as it turns out, got a giant robot body now <laughs> yeah morbo congratulates uh his win uh, and he calls him the gargantuan cyborg president yeah it's it's basically a giant uh giant armor suit or whatever no it's not a suit it's a robot body he tears the wall off the white house and enters and goes on a rampage a people yeah so it's funny because he wins by one vote yeah by one vote because and that's well, after Leela kind of Leela forgot she's nagging Fry about yeah. how important voting is yeah the one person who is who is saying you should go vote she forgot <laughs> she forgets Fry um, doesn't care and Fry Bender is a non-voting felon yeah Bender's not allowed who would they who would they have voted for it's a good question who do you think would have won clearly it would have been one of the Jack one of the uh, Jays, one yeah, of the Jacksons the or Johnsons, one of the clones. Yeah, Tasty yeah. Crat or, or Finger Licking Quick. Who would have won? Tasty Crat. I would have liked because it's easier to say Tasty Crat. Yeah, you you thought that uh, Finger Licking was Finger Licking. So that pretty much wraps up our discussion about uh, to the, you know that head in the polls episode for sure. So as we always do, we talk about our favorite joke and. A best line, and it's always a surprise to each other, as it is uh, a surprise to you, valued listeners. Yeah. So, you want to go first? Uh, okay, I'll go with my funniest joke. Okay. Uh, so funniest joke, actually, my joke was the uh, the scary door parody. You're entering the vicinity of an area adjacent to a location, the kind of place where there might be a monster or some kind of weird mirror. These are just examples. It could also be something much better. Prepare to enter the scary door. Uh, I thought that was the funniest one. Yeah. I've always kind of liked that one. And what the the actual scary door episode was the last man on earth who is, you know, in a library. And his favorite thing to do is to read. And then he realizes that he needs glasses, but he, he forgot them or he doesn't have them. So he's like, that's okay, I can read the large print. Then his eyes fall out. And it's, that's okay, I can read Braille. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then his, his hands, hands fall off. off. And 
I forget what happens after that, but I think it's funny because that brings to my best line, which was Bender said, uh, oh, "Cursed by his own hubris." <laughs> that was a good line. <sighs> cursed by his own hubris. Um, Did you notice the? Uh, it's funny because we didn't come to this. Uh, the background jokes in the oh, library. No, the I didn't see those. Uh, they had uh, a few books where the newer Testament, <laughs> uh, Robot Run, which is a reference to Rabbit Rabbit Run. Oh, okay. Something I don't know what that is. Uh, Quantum relev- Relativity for Dummies. <laughs> uh, they had another one, twenty nine eighty four. Oh, reference to 1984. Uh, yeah. Orson Welles. <laughs> is that Orson Welles? Uh, George Orwell. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Orson Welles. <laughs> we just like talking about Orson Welles on this podcast. Um, yeah, the only thing I was going to say about the scary door is that, that clearly that episode or that image of, uh, of the last man on earth with like his eyeballs falling out left an impression because I've used that that picture as an avatar in a couple of places like on uh, last.fm and also on uh, Goodreads. Really? Yeah. It's especially uh, relevant on Goodreads because that's about tracking your reading. That's good. <laughs> that is good. So what was your... And you know what? That's a subtle joke because not many yeah. people would, would get that. No. I'll put the picture of that on uh, on the blog because yeah. I, I have it handy. So what was your funniest joke? Um, well, my favorite joke was the just the voter apathy party in that segment, where where Fry says, "This is a now this is a party I can get excited about." Not with that attitude. <laughs> Fine, forget it. Welcome, brother. <laughs> and then he gets excited. Yeah. The the recruiter. So it's funny how he kind of contradicted himself. Oh yeah, that was a good that, that was, was a, a good, good segment. Joke. So you said your best line already, right? said my best line and favorite joke so you have your best line do you have a best line ah okay okay so steve so what my is best your line. best line let's see if this lives up to the hype so if i were so i forget which part of this is in but i guess i think it's near the beginning it is. uh so fry he says if i were registered to vote i'd send these clowns a message by staying home on election day and dressing up like a clown <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so that that was my favorite line <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, and that's actually pretty f- thoughtful on his part. Well, that's a good message to send. Of course, they're not going to see it. Doesn't make too much sense. Not going to see it, but you can probably picture though Fry staying home and dressing up like a clown. I'm sure he's done that. I picture his hair when he uh, got electrocuted oh, yeah. and he got the fry fro. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess that's it for the podcast today, right? So uh, we'll just mention a few things. Uh, you can uh, see all the pictures and everything, all the links that we were talking about today at uh, futuremipedia.blogspot.com. And you can send us a message at futuremipedia at outlook.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at futuremipodcast. Uh, to be perfectly honest, though, uh, the Twitter is mostly me. It's Mike, all you. Mike doesn't do the social networking thing. Steve is uh, our social networking coordinator. <laughs> yeah, coordinator. Hey, but, you know, I always get the highlights from you. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, follow follow us on Twitter. Uh, we, you know, follow Steve probably on one Twitter. Of the, one of the easiest ways Hashtag to uh, send Huggy. us a message. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again <laughs> without me interrupting you. <laughs> it's probably one, of the, uh, probably one of the easiest way to send a message, like... Uh, it's a little easier to do back and forth conversation. 
uh, followed a few of the Futurama staff, some of the voices. So uh, uh, Lauren Tom recently joined Twitter, so uh, we're following Lauren Tom. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, next podcast is a Zap Brannigan episode, so we have lots to choose from. We'll, we'll keep it uh, a surprise. Or maybe not. Episode. Maybe not. No, we will. Yeah. Okay. So thanks for listening. I'm Steve Gower. And I'm Mike Mercerell. See you next time. Jimmy Carter was a peanut farmer From way down in southwest Georgia All right. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Brought to you by Steve Scruffy Beard. History author? <laughs> Girls just wanna have fun. Jimmy, do you have a list? Nope. Okay, neither do I. I don't care. Yeah, I, wrote this I thought you just said you didn't write this list down and you don't care. Let's go now. Oh, let's go now. Are you uh, bored? No. <laughs> is, this, is this boring you? Uh, your mama's so fat and she's got more chins. Uh, sorry, let me start this again. Your mama's so fat she's got more shins than a Hong Kong phone book. It is chins, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're probably gonna cut that into the joke reel. So I'll have to. She, that still works though. Yeah. Shins. <laughs> it's like uh, ankle pad. Uh, excuse me. Well, by the way, uh, Steve, you're now referred to as DJ Huggy. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's in that Kelly Mays song, and I just thought it was something that you would enjoy. As per your request, please find enclosed the last man on Earth. Finally, solitude. I can read books for all eternity. This is not fair. This is not fair! Wait, my eyes aren't that bad. I can still read the large print books. Ah, this is not fair! Well, lucky I know how to read Braille. Oh! Hey, look at that weird mirror.